And good morning, NASCAR fans. Welcome to Green White Checkered. All across the Superstations, PJ Zuko here with you as we get set for the last race of the season. That's right, the Championship 4 race there at Phoenix. Very much looking forward, excited to th- for this one, uh, as always, uh, of course. And uh, this is what we've been counting down to all year. And now four drivers are left racing for a championship. Now, of of course, NASCAR fans, if you're listening to this show, you, you already know uh, that, that doesn't mean there's only four drivers on the racetrack. Believe it or not, get that question from non-NASCAR fans plenty of times. But just so everyone is aware, it is the championship for four drivers uh, racing for a shot at the championship. But it's a full field still. So it's it, this isn't cars, right? This isn't the movie cars where uh, there's only a few drivers on the track uh, there but by the, you know, the season finale, right? So any way you look at it, though, I, again, I know that might sound silly to NASCAR fans, but y- you probably get the same question when you talk about the championship four and I talk about the playoffs winding down. You might just ignore it, but I figured I'd, I'd address it here uh, on the show. But no, I mean, looking forward to this race and uh, always a fun one especially since the the restructuring there at phoenix and i think with the host of of characters you have left in this championship fight they're gonna make it interesting no matter what when when you talk about who's left but uh, then again we always talk about how we got here so how did we get here let's look at last week and one of the craziest uh, most fascinating maybe most frustrating uh weekends in a long time and we'll, we'll get to the frustrating part here in a little bit and that's really not even the cup series that when i when i reference that as everyone probably knows so what i'm what i'm talking about there and what we're going to get to uh here in the second segment but we start out with the cup series and you know what for everything that saturday wasn't sunday was uh, I, I will say that hopefully, you know, over the off season they're going to fix a lot of things and they're going to change a lot of things with these cars, I feel like. Of course, top of that list is, is the safety of these cars with the concussions and some of the injuries we've seen uh, throughout the year. And I think uh, NASCAR will, will address that, obviously, and they have to when, when you talk about um, the drivers and how aggressively they're they're pushing for that to happen. But uh, th- that's that's another conversation, actually, a conversation uh, I'd, I'd like to have and looking forward to having next week uh, with our guy Brandon Bain. Uh, hopefully uh, looking forward to a, a big show there next week as we look back at the season. But really, short track racing is always going to be exciting to me. It's, it's always going to be uh, fun to me, and I'm always going to look forward uh, to those tracks and to the history and not only that but that you know the new history that's made every single time we go there but the racing can get better right the, the the racing can get better we've seen it be very good from these short tracks in the past and right now it's just not really there uh, you know especially martinsville over the past few years has has kind of uh, become one of these tracks that yeah there's there's aggressiveness and there's there's fun throughout the race especially late in the race but you look back and a lot of it is is just kind of 
uh, not not insanely exciting. And maybe just for some people, obviously it's all, all relative and everyone takes it in differently. But I think since we've uh, kind of shifted to this new car, that the short track packages have, have not been amazing. Uh, I think we uh, all can agree with that in, in, a, in one way or another. And, you know, whether that's just, you know, whether it's the tire, whether it's the, the car itself, the aerodynamics of, of everything, and really it, it, this played into the finish of the race, but uh, the, whether these cars are, you know, being built like a tank has something to do with it as well. Uh, kind of looking indestructible for, for a lot of different parts. And then sometimes you hit it just right and it, it, the whole thing breaks down. Right, so uh, there are some things that can be changed. I feel like uh, that you know, and and like I said, top of the list is is safety. But something's got to be kind of figured out uh, with these short track packages, and and whether it be the package and the tire combination, or or the combination of the two together. Um, You know, looking forward to seeing some some change in the right direction to get these short tracks, uh, especially Martinsville, kind of thriving. Uh, back to the way it used to but that being said there were some amazing moments in that Martinsville race from last week and uh, normally you talk about the winner right you talk about him and you go forward especially when it's a playoff cut playoff uh, cutoff race but no what we're gonna we're gonna put <laughs> Christopher Bell in the passenger seat for a second and talk about Ross Chastain and one of the most ridiculous amazing insane impressive you know insert adjective here except for embarrassing and we'll get to that in a second but Ross Chastain and the move he made there there last week it it was a I feel like a a driver a a racers and a competitors kind of dream you know and and that's just a culmination you know of of everything we talk about when when we talk about racing you know and there's some people that didn't like it sure but I feel like if you're a competitor, if you're a racer, and we talk about all the time trying to get that 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 next inch, right? That one one spot, whatever, fight until the end, and you know never never backing down. We talked about that a lot with Ross Chastain this year, right? How his his aggressiveness uh, towards uh, you know other drivers and just the way he raced. You know, sometimes it, it could it could rub you the wrong way. It certainly, rub plenty of drivers the wrong way throughout the year, right? Then again, there was a, there was a certain you know refreshing tone with some of it because you know he he puts his money where his mouth is right he's a, he doesn't just walk the walk he talks the talk in the sense of you know if I'm really gonna say that that I'm fighting for every inch and going out here to try and get every spot possible and simply trying to win every single race I'm doing gonna do anything I can to get there. A lot of drivers say that, right? Some drivers do it. And Ross Chastain has proved to be one of those guys that he's not just going to say it, he's going to do it too. Uh, that's actually you know, what Kevin Harvick kind of tweeted about Ross Chastain and his move from last week there at, at Martinsville, and I wholeheartedly agree. He said it was epic. I agree. It, it was epic because it, it's awesome to see a driver do whatever they can to get the finish they need. I'm not saying reckon everybody's the way to do that but not being afraid to ruffle some feathers along the way i think that's a good thing now again we'll, we'll get to the xfinity thing from martinsville here in a second and why i think that interaction that altercation is different it's a little different there's some parts it's a little different but 
I agree with Kevin Harvick, especially uh, about Ross Chastain's move. Now, if you didn't see it, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Ross Chastain goes into the final lap there at Martinsville in 10th. He needs two points to secure himself into the playoffs. He's on the outside looking in there while he's in the 10th spot. And he asked that actually coming out of, of turn two. He said, you know, hey, you're, you're short. He said, how many spots do I need? Two spots. Need two spots, you're short. And it, he puts it in fifth gear, puts the, the gas to the floorboard, takes his hands off the wheel, and goes up on the wall at Martinsville. And, you know, we talk about would this move work at any other tracks. I think maybe there's one or two, but not many. Not many. And like I said, this, this car is built like a tank. It held up and took his hands off the wheel. Car stayed up against the, the, the outside wall. Goes into that corner, and, and I think at one point he was ripping 110, 120 miles an hour uh, there around that corner while, while everyone else is going 50 or 60 around the corner there at Martinsville and making 20, 21-second laps. Ross Chastain put a, a new track record, 18 seconds there at Martinsville. Not only that, he goes from 10th to 5th, passes Denny Hamlin. The last day, he actually ended up right beside Denny Hamlin and, and passes him there on the last lap. The guy he had to beat to get into the playoffs, and he gets it done. He gets it done. Uses that centrifugal force to keep him on the outside wall. And it was like, you go back and watch that replay, which, if you haven't, absolutely go do. And you'll probably be stuck watching that thing for 10 or 15 minutes because it's amazing. Um, And it looks like he's in fast forward or everyone else has slowed down. But nope, (laughs) he's just ripping that wall and uh, just, just, you know, doing anything he can to win a race. Doing anything he can. Or not win a race, but get into the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of people say they, they want to do it or, or will do it. Ross Chastain did it. He ends up fourth in the official, uh, you know, race results there after Brad Keselowski is disqualified. But either way, Ross Chastain gets those two points, beats Denny Hamlin in the race, and ends up making it into the championship for race now Denny Hamlin he actually said man, man yeah, more power to him good good for him and that's rare because you know those those two you know they have history uh, Kyle Larson called it somewhat embarrassing for the sport and he's embarrassed that he's tried to perform which he has at Darlington and um, tried to kind of take credit for the idea I guess saying that if he wouldn't have tried it at Darlington maybe no one else this isn't anything that's insanely new Kyle Larson now the the way it was done and the impressive fashion um, and just desperation needed to be able to get it done is new. And the way that it succeeded is new. But we've seen Carl Edwards do something like this there at Kansas a few years, not a few years ago now, <laughs> I guess about 15 years ago. But um, we saw him try and do this. We saw you try and do this at Darlington. This, this isn't the first time ever done like this in this fashion and with the success that Ross Chastain had, yeah, that's the first time. But uh, you know, not not the first time we've we've seen a desperation a kind of heave like this. And Ross Chastain got it done. Finishes fourth, ends up into the championship four. We'll come back talk about the winner there at Martinsville and from both days uh, on Saturday and Sunday with Christopher Bell and Ty Gibbs, and we'll talk about his kind of antics there on Saturday from Martinsville when we come back here on Green White Checker. 
Welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on the Super Stations. PJ Zuko here with you as uh, we chat about the NASCAR Cup Series getting set for the championship four there at Phoenix. And uh, how'd we get there, though? We're still talking about Martinsville in that huge weekend that was last week. And that there is. There's just so much to talk about and so many different uh, opinions and, and ways to look at what happened and transpired over the course of those few days at Martinsville but like I said we talked a lot about Ross Chastain there and the move he made uh, there at Martinsville how about the winner and I, I respect the heck out of what Christopher Bell was able to do leading 150 laps coming home with a victory in a race he needed to win a race he needed to win to be able to transfer through and Christopher Bell ends up doing it winning there at Martinsville and, and getting his third win of the year and Man, Christopher Bell, he, he's impressive. He's impressive as heck. I'll tell you that. And, and just how he's performed through these playoffs and getting hot at the right time, right? We talk about that all the time in sports, all the time, whether it be football, basketball, whatever. Now, college football, you got to be got to be pretty dang good all year, right? It's a whole body of work. But the NFL, you could be nine and seven, go in the playoffs, be road warriors, and and well, I guess not nine and seven anymore. But you know what I mean. Be road warriors, uh, get it, get a spark, get hot at the right time, go on, win the Super Bowl. We've seen it plenty of times. We, we've seen it before, right? We've seen it in the NBA at some times. We we've seen it in the MLB. Like really, you name a sport, you've probably seen someone who hasn't been great all year, and all of a sudden they catch a strike of lightning. And they ride that thing until the championship and get it done. Christopher Bell is, is doing exactly that. And seeing this kind of performance, not only from Martinsville, but just kind of throughout the playoffs, is something that I'm impressed by with Christopher Bell, but I'm not necessarily surprised. Uh, I've always looked at kind of him and, and Eric Jones in similar veins. I know it's it's weird because you look at how their relationship worked out at Joe Gibbs Racing and ultimately Christopher Bell takes the 20 from Eric Jones but they're guys that had so much time to uh, develop um, throughout their racing careers and in the Xfinity series I think maybe Eric Jones called up a little too quickly but either way during their time whether it was in trucks or in the Xfinity series man they were winning everything if Kyle Busch wasn't in the race they they were probably going to win and if Kyle Busch was in the race they were probably finishing second and that they've always been so insanely impressive to me and Christopher Bell it, it obviously like I said is is right there he he's one of those guys he wins everything he's in um, whether it be Xfinity Series, Truck Series racing, dirt track racing, sprint cars, which he was insanely, uh, insanely good in, and still is. Uh, you talk about some of those big prestigious sprint car races. He's he's always someone you got to look out for to win those races. And you know, obviously, his battles with with Kyle Larson in, in sprint cars, um, you know, and just how dominant they both are. You know, if one of those if one of those guys are in a race, they're most likely coming home with the, the sprint car victory, right? I've been waiting for that to translate to the NASCAR Cup Series, and I, I feel like, you know, maybe maybe he was brought up too quick, but then again, I'm not sure. Uh, either way, he's been able to show out and, and get it done when he needs to do it here in these playoffs, and it, it's been, you know, there, there's also a, a different kind of mindset when your back is... is pushed against a wall right and you got to be able to fight your way out 
and Christopher Bell has been able to do that in situations where he, again, he needed a victory. Only certain people can can go out there and get it, like he's been able to do. And uh, Christopher Bell, insanely impressive, and now he's found his way to the championship four. <laughs> and he, he's one of those guys I'm circling today and just want to watch how he drives all day because you talk about one race, one chance to get it done. Honestly, I think this is a guy in Christopher Bell that you got to watch for not only today, but if he go, imagine if he goes in wins today, the trajectory that that kid's career could make, the, the rocket ship he could turn into, I feel like if you, you get that sort of momentum, whew, it, it, it could be huge there uh, for Christopher Bell. So he's definitely a guy I'm watching today and, and keeping my my radar on to be able to win this championship without a doubt. And it's not because of past history at Phoenix or anything like that. It's simply because when he's needed it, he's been able to get it done. And it hasn't been in fluky fashion it's been going out and, and leading a big number of laps in those races and being able to get it done. So, uh, Christopher Bell, look out for him today. Now, obviously, uh, I've, I've kind of previewed it, talking about Ty Gibbs and not going to spend an insane amount of time on it, but obviously Ty Gibbs uh, goes through Martinsville there last week. If you didn't see the Xfinity race, I will say this, there's been a lot of people saying that, that Ty Gibbs was completely in the wrong, and he, I mean, he did dump his teammate. He dumped his teammate going into turn one on the final lap, and Brandon Jones ends up wrecking. He needed, Brandon Jones needed a win to get into the championship four in the Xfinity series, and he didn't get it done, obviously. He got wrecked out of the way by his teammate Ty Gibbs, and I, you know, I, I'd, I'd be as mad as Brandon Jones was, for sure. Um, and, and I agree that that was not the right move by any means by Ty Gibbs. And the, you know, I listened to the the Dale Jr. download there this week, and uh, the conversation that Dale Jr. and uh, Mike and Steve Latart had, and just the self awareness, the lack of self awareness, and situational awareness to make that move. And if he if he knew the the situation like he said he did, and he still made that move, that that's even I mean that's even worse. Um, now. Like I said, if you look at the closing laps, there, there's a lot of contact between a lot of the different drivers, and especially those Gibbs drivers. There was. There was a lot of contact going around. Did Brandon Jones move Ty Gibbs out of the way a little bit to be able to get into the first, you know, it to where he was? Sure. But then again, I think someone's got to come over that radio and say, hey, he just moved you out of the way, but he's got to win this race to get to the championship. You know, maybe maybe we'll let that one go a little bit, right? Nope. Ty Gibbs comes back, last lap, punts him out of the way, and you know whether it was intentional or not, he said he wasn't. Said he just wanted to move him. Ah, with that kind of contact, that hard as well, and you know, it looked like there was a little more behind it. And that's the thing with Ty Gibbs, man. He gets aggravated, and that. His, his temper and the way he uses that car, and he doesn't get out of, you know, he, he has gotten in a fight before on pit road, but he doesn't get out of the car and start yelling at reporters or anything like that. That's not how he shows his displeasure or anger. No, it's it's with the car. It almost got a pit crew member hit earlier this year in, in the NASCAR Cup Series, and it's gotten plenty of people wrecked. And I am well aware that, you know, he went on and won that Xfinity Series championship there last night. He's an impressive driver. 
He is. He's insanely talented and can go out and win any race he puts himself into. But, but, you can't use your car like that. And especially against teammates. Of course, he is the grandson of Joe Gibbs, so how much discipline is he really going to get? I don't know. The number 18 in the Cup Series is still wide open. I feel like that's, that's his job, most likely. Does Joe Gibbs not give him that because of the way he's used his car the past year? I'm, I'm not sure. His talent is insanely good. It's through the roof. So it's difficult to keep him out of that ride because talent-wise, he probably deserves it. But maturity-wise and being able to use your car the right way and not wreck your teammates out of a championship run, that's a, that's a whole other story. So that's very important, obviously. So I don't know. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people have already said that it's going to be very hard on him no matter what, just because, you know, the way other drivers will race him moving forward. I don't really know how you redeem yourself after all this other than being insanely apologetic, which he wasn't, by the way, after the Martinsville race, but uh, being insanely apologetic and racing people clean for the next few years, maybe maybe you start to redeem yourself and they kind of – put that on the back burner but i don't know nascar drivers have a pretty pretty deep pretty pretty long memory right so i don't know where the next step is for for ty gibbs but i do know he's got to stop wrecking people he's got to stop wrecking his teammates and got to stop putting people in danger with his car or it's going to be a severe problem uh moving forward for for him and and other people as well so we'll come back though Championship four race uh, later today from Phoenix. We'll make picks for that and uh, talk to you about who's going to go out there and win a championship today. We'll come back, talk about that here on Green White Checkered. Welcome back. PJ Zuko here with you on Green White Checkered all across the super stations and getting set for the championship four there from Phoenix later today. And uh, let's get right into it as, man, four drivers look to win a championship and those are Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, and Christopher Bell. They're from Phoenix. So you talk about who you, who you got to look out for uh, for this race. You look at driver finishes, right? Driver averages over the past few years. And it's it's hard to talk about this kind of because of, of the new car and everything. But then again, you still, there are certain drivers that are just good at Phoenix, no matter what, you know, whether they change where the start-finish line is or, or whatever, uh, certain drivers are just good there, like Kevin Harvick, who is insane. You look at driver averages and driver finishes, he's always up there near the top, no matter what kind of stipulation you put on it, right? Since 2019, since the restructure, 6.1 average finish, better than anyone else. But you know who else is up there right behind him and won the pole for today's race? Joey Logano. That's right. 6.3 average finish for Joey Logano since February of 2019 uh, when the track was restructured. And got to look out for Joey Logano, obviously, today. If you're looking at the other average finishes uh, since 2019 for those playoff drivers, Christopher Bell, 17th. Chase Elliott, uh, 11.7. And, of course, one win there, three top fives four top tens the one win the championship race a few years ago and you have Ross Chastain the lowest average finish at 18.8 and one top five one top ten there at Phoenix then again 
this probably, you know, is his best situation, his best chance, and uh, best equipment he's had uh, to race there at Phoenix, you know, since being in the NASCAR Cup Series. So, a little caveat on that one as well. Now, like I said, not going to talk about, you know, who, who I'm, I'm looking at top five, looking to, you know, win this race, whatever. I'm going strictly championship here today. And, you know, I, I know we'll talk to our guy Brandon Bain again next week and I kind of get his reflection and opinion on this championship race. I know he's rooting for Chase Elliott, and I know that would be his pick if he was here. I talked a lot about Christopher Bell as well in the last segment, and it's, man, just looking at, you know, how he's done lately and what it's, it's hard not to pick him. It's hard not to pick him. It's hard not to pick Ross Chastain with what he has been able to do with the aggressiveness that he's shown. And just there's one race I'm going to go out and do it. It almost feels like a driver, a team of destiny there, right, with, with Team Trackhouse. That's exactly why I'm not picking him. <laughs> I'm going to go with Joey Logano. I'm going to go with Joey Logano today. Uh, again, I just you look at not only the feel of this, but also the the stats and whatnot. Just it all seems to be coming together. Hasn't had the best year, but has had a really good year. He's he's always been kind of right there. He's won some races, obviously, and been able to do what he what he's needed to do. Now it's one race, and you talk about a guy that's that's always aggressive as well. Joey Logano is. He is. He has one of the most, you know, famous kind of situations in NASCAR history when you talk about wrecking Matt Kenseth at Kansas and then coming back and, and getting wrecked out of Martinsville by Matt, Matt Kenseth when he was in the lead, right? So he's a guy that's going to be aggressive as well. And, you know, also you just talk about kind of the championship pedigree, the experience he has in these situations, has been here before, has won one, has, has lost some. I think Joey Logano will be the guy at the end of the day. He'll end up coming home with the victory and, and with this championship. Now, I think if, if there is a guy, and you know, I know if, if you're talking about what I've said on this on this show so far, you probably think you know my next best pick would be Ross Chastain or, or uh, Christopher Bell. If Joey Logano doesn't win it, it's going to be Chase Elliott, I believe, and three straight for Hendrick Motorsports. But I, there's something's telling me Joey Logano today, and if you look at just everything has kind of fallen into place. His history here at Phoenix goes out there, gets the pole. Thing, things are just things are moving in the right direction for Joey Logano. I think he might come away with the championship today. Either way, like I said, looking forward to next week and uh, catching up with Brandon Bain about not only this race but the rest of the season as well. We'll do that all right here at 9 o'clock next Sunday morning on Green, White, Checkered, all across the Superstations. I'm PJ Zuko, hoping you have a fantastic rest of your race day and weekend. Have a great one. Be safe. God bless.